0: everybody, welcome back to the podcast. You got your boy Zage, of course. I'm joined by another brand new soul to the life of myself and the podcast goers. This is a I I say talkative and not even in a negative way because you are a radio host, a content creator, uh, an artist, like many things. So yeah. I feel like you are very social. It's
1: funny. I, I do think I'm talkative, but it's a very recent, like I used to not be talkative at all.
0: Mm, more introverted? I used to, I used to be...
1: Yeah, like, I think I'm like technically like an extroverted introvert, but I used to not really have much to say, and then and then I changed a lot, and my mind <laughs> changed, and um I just have. I just have shit to say now, I guess. Well, hopefully we can dive into all of that. And I'm really yeah, excited. But I, didn't even,
0: I didn't even say your name yet. This is my friend, <laughs> Fez Hawk, joining us yes. today. Everybody say hi. It's Fez. Fez here. It's Fez here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but please tell the people, and myself included, where you're from. And just like a quick backstory yeah. of who so,
1: is Fez. So um, I'm Fez. My name is Fez Hawk. I'm from Pleasanton, California, which is um, a, a town, a suburb of like Oakland and San Francisco. Um, so I grew up in the Bay Area. I'm currently a student at USC. Um, came down to LA. LA is pretty cool too. It's where I live, but um, you know, it's love hate with LA. But I'm here for now, and it's good, and it's good that I'm here, and I'm going to school, and I'm studying. I'm studying some things. I'm studying music industry and business. Studying a little bit of jazz. Um, I'm a jazz drummer. Um, I think that's. Being a drummer, I think, is a big part of my identity. Uh, I think being a drummer is something that is really unique, and I-, I feel like recently I've realized that I have the brain of a drummer, and hmm. I don't really know how to explain that. And oh, if I was try. talking to another drummer, he would probably understand what I'm saying, but I don't think either of us would be able to put it into words.
0: Well, please try, because I don't know exactly. What I that means.
1: um, I-, I don't know. I I d- first of all, I just like hear rhythms in the w- in the world. I think just like in nature, and, like, in life, or whatever, and it's, I think, it's something to do with, like, math, and, like, fractions, and time, and just being, learning drums, and, like, learning rhythms, it's, like, a, rhythm itself is, like, a, is, like, a whole, it's an art, like, music is an art, but rhythm is, like, a part of music, and I think rhythm itself is an art, because rhythm is, is, like, this, is, like, the space in between notes, right, or the space in between, like, a, uh, a sound and um, yeah I don't know like no, I said I, I, would very, love,
0: can we, I would love to build on this so <laughs> yeah. one of my other really good friends his name is Luke Woods he was a previous guest on the podcast he's also a drummer mm-hmm. and one thing he pointed out to me just like a month or two ago is something that completely changed the way I listen to music and it's exactly what you're talking about he said to me like I mean it's something that I've thought about before but the way he phrased it was so perfect he was just saying how like there are actually a limited amount of frequencies therefore there are a limited amount of melodies that can be created, but he's like, there are actually an infinite amount of rhythms. That's how you actually make a song different than a song before it. It's not with like mm. the notes you play. Yeah. It's the rhythm at which you play those notes. Yeah. Because you could cut those down, you know, into micro or into longer notes, and that's actually the adjustment. Do you, yeah. do you feel the same way? I,
1: yeah, I understand that. I, I that makes sense. Like music is infinite because of rhythm and melody combined. Exactly, like yeah. you'll never um
0: but he obviously is going to put the rhythm as the most important cuz he's a yeah,
1: drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do, and I do too, for sure. It's it's so much it's like you don't have to worry about I feel like you can be more creative because you don't have to worry about the notes and the rhythm. You're just worrying about the rhythm. And I guess like you have different drums and different those are kind of different notes and different like timbres and frequencies, but um yeah, I don't know. Like when I'm sitting on the drums, I just I just like it, it you can do anything like it. No, no rhythm, like no rhythm is wrong. You can play a wrong note, like in in a sense if it's not doesn't fit in with the scale you're playing or whatever key you're in. But like rhythms, you can do anything mm. really, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to mess up. And the they'll song. call it off tempo, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can play out of time, and <laughs> and it, you can definitely sound bad playing. Like obviously, you can be a bad drummer, and you can like sound bad but it's like it's the other thing it's like like jazz music or something they play like wrong notes but like you have to you have to you have to learn the rules before you can break them exactly you know? like that's yes. the biggest thing in in music in music because like the best music is is where you're really pushing the boundary, you know, and doing something that like you're not supposed to do.
0: Well tell me how you got into jazz music because myself personally, I feel like I've been heavily influenced by like the mainstream music mm-hmm. of the world, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm super thankful I I got interested in jazz because it's like no like no one really likes jazz. Like everyone hates jazz because they don't understand it and it's like sounds boring or whatever. But I for me it was like I started playing the drums first when I was probably like nine or ten. I think I was 10. Um, so I didn't even like, a lot of people started playing music like out of the womb and like when they were three. So I never even, I never even like, I still don't really see myself as a like artist or like musician, like solely. Like, cause I, especially when I got to college, I, I, as I meet like real artists, like people who are, um, putting out music and even musicians, like there's definitely something I can tell is like different in their brain. Mm. And it's like they have a drive to just create art and create music all the time and I just don't have that. I'm more into like like doing the blog or like talking to people and like kind of that stuff. But, you know, it's definitely like being a drummer is definitely part of um part of my identity. I'm definitely like considering myself a musician. But anyways, back to the jazz. I started playing drums. Um and then like one of the first opportunities I had to play drums in a band was like my middle school jazz band. Oh no way. So that's how I kinda I started playing, the first band I was playing drum set in was jazz, so I learned jazz drumming pretty early, Um, and then just, it was school, it was just like school jazz band, we would play like jazz standards, or like more modern jazz tracks, and um, I I had a, my middle school um, band teacher, my middle school band director, Dennis Aquilina, he, I'm pretty sure he's like the reason why i wanted to like pursue music i think in middle school i realized like i want to have a career in music because like it was he he was he was like super cool he was like a middle school teacher but he would like curse and stuff and he he was like from new york and he would just be like i guess we were like a pretty good band too i guess like he would always say like oh you guys are playing college level charts And when we were in middle school and, and like, we were like, oh, that's like, that's cool. I didn't really know if he was like telling the truth or not. I'm sure
0: he was gassing you up a little bit. Yeah.
1: But like, I, we were definitely like my, my middle school, but just my whole, like where I grew up, Pleasanton, um, there's pretty good schools and like the band programs are my Foothill High School and Amador Valley High School both have like really, you know, like top tier marching bands and jazz bands and stuff like that. So just like, I, I was lucky enough to like be in a, I guess, school district that like had money for for band and stuff like that.
0: That also is a big influence cuz like and that's actually I was excited when you mentioned how the teacher was a big influence in you like uh attaching yourself to jazz music. I wonder if there was a social aspect to it cuz I imagine like a kid who's in jazz band with no friends in jazz band is not going to love jazz as much as a kid with a bunch of friends. Oh
1: yeah. I was I mean all my friends most of my friends were like band we were all band exactly. like band yeah, yeah. kids, you know. Um even through high school, like, my my main friend group, like, from back home, it's, like, we're, we were all in band, like, two, two, two of my close friends, they dropped out after, like, sophomore year, because they weren't, like, feeling the whole band thing, but, mm-hmm. like, I, um, and my friends, like, two of my close friends, they did, actually did, like, drum corps, which is, like, it's, like, a more professional style of, like, marching band, and it's, like, these, um, I don't know if you know about, like, the Blue Devils, and, like, It's basically this whole world of like drum corps, and it's like people get exposed to it through marching band, but it's like these world class um, drum corps, and like the type of music that they play is that's like it's it's a whole other art form that like people don't really know about. But these field shows um, with just lines of trumpets, and um, it's like it's like marching band, it's like marching band, like college marching band, but college marching band is more kind of pep oriented, and Mm -hmm. like drum corps is like very more it's like, it's more of like an art form and they're, they're really pushing the boundary in terms of like mm. musicality and there's obviously like choreography involved and there's yeah, the color guard yep. and all that. So like that was also, re- I was never like on that level of it because um, actually like I transferred high schools. The first high school I went to was like a private school and I had like a really small band and I just hated it there. Like I did not like that school. So I like, and my parents wanted me to go there because they thought like, It was a long story. Like, my brother, like, didn't have the best experience in high school, I guess. And my parents were kind of just, like, over... They were just, like, really intense, you know, with, like, school and grades and stuff. And I just hated it there. And I was like, I want to just... I want to go be in Drumline and, like, play in this great jazz band that I've been looking forward to for years. What was that conversation
0: Um, like? Because I imagine, as a parent, you know, you're putting a lot of, you know, at least money, but also time and energy into, like, your kid's
1: academic career. I think it was... I was very hesitant originally um, I was never like, I was never like a bad, like my, I don't want to like bring up my brother more, but like my brother was kind of more of like a, I don't want to say he was like a problem child, but like if anyone was a problem child, it was my older brother. And I was like really, I was like, like I said, I used to be shy. I didn't really get into much trouble with you, my parents. You can
0: definitely say whatever so, you can say without airing out his laundry, definitely. Like I come, oh, from, no, no, yeah, yeah. I come yeah. from a family of so, like some trouble, if you will, you know?
1: So I was just kind of like, whatever this like, um, I was kind of just like this quiet kid so I went and I just hated it and I like for 2 years I was just like really sad and my like relationship with my parents like deteriorated and eventually know, they right. were just like okay like he's not having a good time let's and and they let me transfer and it was great like my grades like I would not have gotten into USC if I hadn't transferred cuz my grades were shit at the old school just cuz like I I hated it and then what um, was
0: bothering you about the old school was it like It was
1: super small it was super it was super, like, they tried to do everything different. They were super, not to say this is a bad thing, but they were, like, super liberal and stuff. And they would, they like, you You had to call the teachers by their first name. And they're like, oh, we're all equals here. It's, like, one of those, like, hippie huh. places.
0: I actually have never heard of anything like that. Yeah,
1: so it was this very small school called Athenian in Danville, California. And I just didn't like it. I, I always, like, never understood. Like, I always wanted to just be a normal kid <laughs> yeah. and, like, play in the marching band and, like, you know fucking just fuck around and like they were just talking about all this other shit like oh we're so different it's a holistic like education like we had mindfulness at the beginning of every class and i was like no like i'm just like i'm just like in high school right now i don't want to like i just want to show what i want to do like not even but yeah for me it was like i for me it was like i just want to play in the fucking jazz band yes i don't want to like when i got there i played the drums and i was in the band and like when I got there, I was hailed as, like, the best, like, drummer who had, like, I was in, you're not, like, when you're a freshman, you're not supposed to be in, like, the advanced combo until you're, like, a sophomore, but, like, they put me in the advanced combo because, like, and I wasn't even that good, like, mm. back at Foothill, which is the, is the school I graduated from, like, they were, I didn't even, my junior year, I didn't even make the Jazz A. Like, there was a freshman who was better than me when I was a junior in high school at at my school that I graduated from, so it was just, like, a whole nother level of, like, dedication music wise, um, and that's what I was, like, craving, that's why I didn't want to go, that's why I wanted to transfer, so I transferred, um, I did, like, drum line, I did jazz band, I did, you know, wind ensemble, all that stuff, um, and, like, yeah, jazz, jazz was, like, the main, still, like, jazz drumming is, jazz isn't my favorite genre to listen to, I'm definitely more of, like, into alt rock, I think, but jazz is definitely, jazz drumming is way more fun than rock drumming, like, I'm, it's just the possibilities are endless and it's, I think it's more artistic and there's more texture and really, I think all I, this is like kind of just my opinion, but I see all genres of music as just subgenres of jazz. Like I literally see oh. things in terms of jazz. Like hip hop is jazz to me. Like hip hop is no different than jazz to me. It's the same structure. You have like a chorus and then you have a solo or in hip hop, you have the verse yep. and it's like, Chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo. You have a solo section in in jazz. It's the same thing as like as like a a, a rap verse, you know. Um, do you have I, a
0: lot of? If I may, do you yeah. have a lot of uh, time to play like with artists? Are you are you experimenting playing drums so, in different genres?
1: That's the thing. So, well, first of all, like recently, no, just because like first of all, I've been busy with school. And it's just hard to, like, get together with people right now. Of course. The other thing is, because I wasn't, um, I'm not, like, a music major, I I never have the time. And I look at my friends who are, like, majoring in jazz um, or are major or like uh, in the pop program or whatever and I just I I I I would go to like the music schools I would have um, like my jazz combo classes there and sometimes I take lessons there and I would just be so jealous of all these kids who all they have to worry about is just practicing and like they don't I would love to play more, but I got mm-hmm. these like bullshit business classes mm-hmm. I have to finish. And it's like, that takes so much time. I barely have enough time to, and obviously like I'm trying to run my blog and shit and trying to promote other artists and throw shows. And so at this point, like drumming, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things, but it's really, like at this point, it's, it's really just like more of a hobby for me and it's not, um, and part of, part of it is because I know I'm not. I know I'm not like at the level of skill that like a lot of these other drummers are who are playing with artists, and it's always I've always been patient with it. Recently, I've been playing. I find opportunities to play more. Um, like I, there's a musical theater club called MTR, so I recorded some drums for them. Um, but any chance I get, yeah, I try to play drums. It's just I don't I don't have time to like dedicate like hours a day to of course. drumming. Yeah, uh, no, bro. I
0: think it's a super important realization because like if you are dedicating a lot of time into something you're hoping that one day it's going to come back to you you know like you're hoping to become financially secure mm-hmm. off of this thing or whatever and so like I actually think what you're talking about about diversifying your portfolio is crucial it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently especially with covid it's like a lot of mm-hmm. sacrifices have to be made right now on like things that we wish we could do you know like I wish I could sit around and produce music all day every day but like I need to get a job we exactly. graduate soon you know exactly so in a perfect world what what is the thing you would like to achieve for financial security?
1: I um I like working with artists. I like spotlighting artists who I think are dope and I think more people should listen to. So that's why um you know running Worldwide Waves and the blog um with my partner Sam has been like probably one of the more most fulfilling experiences I've had um definitely like in the music industry and also just like in my life um because I realized, I came into school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be like an artist manager and then I kind of got turned off to that and then I was like, I kind of want to do like A&R kind of stuff and I'd, I'd started writing a blog like summer after my freshman year at this internship I had at uh, Zatoon Records, which is up in San Francisco and I never, the starting is like writing the blog is definitely like helped me a lot just in my career because it's like a tool for me to, I had an excuse to, or had like the responsibility to like go out and find just new artists, so that made me listen to more artists. Um, mm. I just I discovered so many talented artists who were just unknown. And I, I what I love the most is like putting like interviewing artists, like um, you know uh, putting on shows. We we had started like a our Young LA like series, which was a, a monthly showcase we did at Mao's Bar near campus. Um, we did like I think five shows before the before the pandemic hit. Damn. Um, but that was really good. Like it was kind of a bummer cause we were starting to build momentum, but we had a lot of great, um, experiences there. I think, uh, a few of the shows we had, we had the opportunity to like put people on, p- put people on a stage for the first time. I think a few of them, it was like their first performance. That's awesome. Um, so that was like a really, a really great feeling as well. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I just want to promote artists. Like that's a pretty vague, and there's a lot of ways I can do that. Like it's a pretty vague thing. So, um, that's what I want to do as a career, and, right? Like to and, be a tastemaker. Yeah, be a tastemaker. Be like whatever A and R. I'm kind of getting into some more like management stuff uh, recently. And yeah, just like working with artists. Do you
0: prefer reaching out to artists? Are you doing, so because you have the blog, right? Are you doing yeah. more write ups or are you doing more like interviews, like um, over audio or something?
1: I definitely do. I definitely do more write ups because we have, it, the blog is daily, so we publish a blog every day. So that's kind of like, and it's usually, it's very short. It's like just a couple couple short paragraphs. We really just want people to like hit play and listen to the song and then check out the artists and stuff. Um, so that's been cool. And then, uh, yeah, I recently actually like probably, a little bit before like summer started, I got into doing interviews more. I think I've just been busy recently. I haven't done an interview. Um, I haven't done like a written interview in probably like a couple months. Um, I asked
0: because do you, how important do you find like creating an artist's story to getting people to listen to their music?
1: Oh, that's, I think the most important thing. I think that's the best way or most effective way to um, break an art or, or uh, just make an artist be successful is the personal aspect in their story and, and their personality and like their brand really. Um, cause there's so much music out there and there's honestly so much like good music out there. It's true. Um, so you really need to have that whole, um, the whole like story. and That's why I think Sally boy is doing, uh, doing so well. Cause it, it's so, he's so deliberate with everything he puts out. Um, and he kind of, like, did the whole rebranding thing from, like, Erez to Sally Boy. So, um... So true. Yeah, I mean, the, all those guys at Oros, I think they really, like... They really nailed it. Like, they got the formula down for, like, um, developing and breaking an artist. It's really... Especially now, it's, like, you need to... You need to... Like, artists have to be more versatile now because you can't just rely on, like, streaming dollars and stuff like that. Um... So, I think it's more of, of making like a holistic brand and a holistic like experience um, with like with an artist.
0: I agree. Sorry, I got caught up thinking about that Sally Boy stuff. I, yeah. I saw a concert of him when he was Erez. And then when I met him as Sally Boy. I don't
1: think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen it. Was that, was it that first gen? Yes. Show? Yep. Yeah. And
0: and then when I met him as Sally Boy, genuinely didn't know they were the same person. Like, really? like the, he's
1: actually different now? Yeah.
0: Like the rebrand and the aesthetic, I was just like, holy um, shit, bro. Like, wait, was that you at that show? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God! Like that's yeah. great. You guys did a great job. He, it's, it,
1: I feel like this is what he was going for the whole time. I agree. Like, this is perfect. This, perfect. He's natural. He's like um, I've noticed he he like uses social media more and he's interacting with his fans and like it's but it's so it's not it doesn't seem forced at all. And like some artists, like you can tell they're just like posting every day and like throwing up the hashtags and like trying to do like what you're supposed to do to gain traction. But uh, with artists like him, he's he's really just very. It's because he's such a chill dude and his personality. He's talented. He's down to earth. Right. He's friendly. He's talented. He's down to earth. So he's just gonna have a he's gonna have a good time. And I feel like the content he puts out is just like what he's doing all the time. He's just now he has a camera rolling and he's, he's putting that out. Yes. Um. So you can tell, um, artists like that who are just genuine, who are just the same always, whether the camera's on them or the camera's off. Like that's what you have to get to. Just like just vibe, you know, like don't, yes. don't, don't be like, Oh, I'm working now and now I have some free time. And now like, that's what I love about arts and artists. Like what you do for a profession is like what you would be doing anyway, is what you want to do. So, right. And um, as
0: we're saying, it's very easy to absorb his brand and his content and this, this genuity that he's portraying through these visual mediums of like Instagram, TikTok, etc. Has it been difficult at all to portray like an artist's story and background through the written formula of like blogging them?
1: Yeah, but I don't think it's uh I think it's a good way to do it cuz you can write anything you want to write. Um but it's only one piece. Like that's only one piece. Like I've I've done I've done blog coverage on Sally Boy um and I think it was it was a, like also with my blogs, like my best blogs are of artists who I know personally. And of like the better the story of how I found that song is, the better my writing is going to be and like the better the blog is going to be. Um, so when I wrote, I think I covered Stormy, like the Stormy music video. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, because like Chris and John, who are like uh, ma- management at Oros, they, mm-hmm. I think they, they hit me up either about covering Sally Boy or like Joe Avio or something. So like I'm kind of have a relationship with them and I kind of, and I've been like, you know, texting back and forth with Sally Boy. So I kind of know... Like his his personality a little more, and I know like his background of how he came up. So recently, I've been able to just I I try to write more casually Mm -hmm. when I can. If it's an artist who I don't know about, and it's just someone I found off SoundCloud, which is like also a lot of great music I just find find online, and I I throw it up on the blog because it's like a dope song. Um, But people who I have that personal connection with, it's just the content is just gonna be better. Um, I
0: think it's totally true, right? Like, if you can sure. relate to the content, and if you have a better understanding of the content, because if someone who's random, who you've never heard of, hits you up, you have to like legitimately research them and find out what's worth writing about. You know exactly, what I'm yeah, exactly. And it can, so, be, can be like weird. I can see that.
1: Yeah, and those are the quickest blogs too. I literally just type what I'm thinking, yeah, and it's and it's like great, and it's like the best. I think those are the best ones um, that I'm able to write. But yeah, it, it is. You definitely need a, the whole. Like ecosystem of things to really like um, understand an artist um, for sure.
0: So how long have you been doing the blog? You said since freshman year um, of USC.
1: Yeah. So it's so after my freshman year, I had an internship at uh, Zatune Records, which is like a little indie label up in San Francisco. Um, and what I was I was doing like uh, it was like a marketing internship, but it's a very it was a very small like tight knit group of people. So it was great. That was kind of my, my first experience in like the music industry. Uh, they were like we had a little studio and a little office and we would bring artists in so like that was really great um and then shortly after i started working there they have like a an online music blog um which is kind of how they try to like generate traffic they're they're also uh, a clothing brand actually it's a very cool company you should check them out um it's they're really influenced by like palestinian culture because the oh. um the owner and the founder he's he's palestinian and like their family is palestinian um, I think that's so they,
0: niche and I fucking love niche. Like yeah, anything it's niche. Dope. Yeah.
1: It's dope. Zatun actually means uh, olive in Arabic. Um and he chose the word olive because like the olive branch represents peace. Um, Damn, that's so, lit. Yeah, it's it's all about like, you know, peace and love, um, you know, and positivity and, oh, and you know, advocating for like peace out in Palestine and the Middle East and all that. Um so that was great. And they make dope clothes too with like Arabic print. Um, so I love, like, I love wearing my Zatoon gear.
0: You're pointing out how valuable it was to the company to sort of, as we said before, diversify. So they're doing like clothing on top of their yeah. blog writing and yeah. stuff like that. What's like the next step moving forward for your blog if, if you were to expand um, into like new form of content?
1: Yeah, we have we have shirts, we have clothes, we um, we kind of like we're waiting. Where we have some like merch in the works that like designs we're working on. And there's like a lot of stuff we're working on right now. Yeah, like even like, aside from that, like producing it,
0: videos, producing yeah, events, whatever. Um
1: yeah, so like our I think really when we started doing the the live shows, that was I think a big step for us in, in diversifying and in really starting to build like an ecosystem and exactly. build a community. Um just uh two days ago, actually, we were in a studio and we we're shooting an interview and uh and a short performance with one of the artists we work with. His name is Brandon Masenko. Okay. Um he's a really dope. Uh, rapper, um, based out here in LA, uh, he he makes like he's he's I think one of the best like rappers out right now. He makes really like conscious conscious music, um, but his his shit is like super hard. He has an album coming out um, on the sixteenth. You should um, connect me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. I'll send you some of his stuff. But yeah, go check out his track "Dirty Water." Um, that's like the hardest rap track out right now, in my opinion. But he's he actually came out to one of our shows. I think in. In January, the show we did, um, him and Frank the Fourth, they um, they make music together. Actually, they have a rap duo called Driving Indoors. They also make music separately, but um, they they they're a couple artists we work with a lot. So uh, the other day, we actually um, this was the first time doing this. We we kind of um, there's a studio down in Long Beach called Seven Studios. And we kind of set up a relationship with them where we want to go in there and basically like shoot something like. Like once a month, or maybe maybe a little more frequently than that, if we can, um, and just bring in like one of the artists we work with and shoot a shoot a quick interview and shoot a performance. So that's kind of oh, what yeah. we're working on more with content. Fuck yeah, um, I love that. So yeah, that's um, that I'm excited for that. It was a it was a sick performance, and obviously like we haven't really like been exposed to live music very much recently. So it was just dope being like sitting in the studio and hearing him rap. Um,
0: are you putting more value on digital content these days?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be. We don't really know exactly how we want to release it, but right now we just want to get in there and like, and just like get the content piled up so we can we can release. I something even just like every mean, month so like whatever.
0: I've been thinking so much about. I think everybody's been thinking so much about how much more attention is being put on screen time because of Corona. All this like work from home, mm-hmm. all this school on your computer, yeah, all these things. It's tiring. It's tiring, but it's bringing everybody to the digital world, right? And so like it is. you're talking about creating like a digital series, which I think is perfect. Are you? what are your thoughts on the motion of the music industry into this digital era?
1: I don't know. I hope it's like, I really hope COVID ends and like of we go course. back to normal. Yeah, like that's what I want. Like I'm also like, I'm, I'm in concerts committee. So we're, we, we've been trying to throw shows. We did a virtual one for welcome back. We really want to get, how did it go get back? It went great. Uh, we booked sir. Um, and we, we shot it at uh, the studio out in Gardena Um it, gear connection is a company we work with um for production for our live shows and they kind of set up a sound stage so we went we went and shot it there um, we had kyle lux and jordan simone open up um, like for lux. them uh so that was dope it was a super great experience it was a really big learning experience because uh concerts committee had never really done like a, a super like high budget virtual event like that we, i don't think we've ever done virtual events um as far as i know but um, it was, it was tough. It it wasn't perfect, but it was, I think it was a big success. The biggest thing was like, we didn't, it was kind of last minute that we had to throw it together because there was just issue with like our budget. Um, and we didn't know if we would have money to do welcome back and stuff. So we kind of like, we had, we got the go ahead. And so then we were kind of just, we kind of just, um, threw it together and it went great. Like I, I'm really you know proud of our whole team for doing that. Uh, huge shout out to Kean broder wang and and jonathan joey they're our they're our video team we have a new like we've never had a video subcommittee before um but they're like some of the dopest videographers and photographers i know are they students they're students here yeah it's i awesome. think uh jonathan is a junior now and, and kian is a is a senior um they really they really rose to the occasion like we wouldn't have been able to do it without them um we shot we had like a Three camera setup we shot sir um we did a little interview with him beforehand um and yeah it, w- it went great it just we realized that like it, it we want to do something that we don't want to do something like that again because at this point it's what like six eight months into the pandemic like people people are sick of live streams people don't want to sit down for an hour Yep I remember, like, for like early lockdown, there was there was so many live streams. It was like live streams every day, and it was dope and it was creative. But I I think it's people are people are getting sick of it. It's like people are losing patience. People are getting like screen fatigue, whatever you want to call it. Um, So yeah, we're 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 trying to be creative. We're trying to figure out like how how can you make digital. content that's actually like engaging and not tiring we don't want course, wonder, so that's
0: why we're doing this thing in Degu Yeah, tomorrow. my biggest
1: thing is like you can't don't don't try to throw a concert online don't do what you would do in person and then put it online just do something new that's better do something that's better online than try it would be, be in person yeah yes that's you, why we're doing the thing use, in day tomorrow
0: right the, yeah exactly, that's dope. Right? like that's yeah.
1: dope for example like that that's something that like use the digital platform as an advantage instead of a, instead of like a drawback. Yeah, so I want to tell- That's been the challenge. I want to
0: tell the listeners what it is. So basically we're just throwing a, an online networking event where we're bringing all these people in to a virtual world. You build an avatar and then you go meet these like active professionals. It's a good way for students to just like build up their network. Um, but, you know, I agree with you 100%. I think it's really hard to create something that's going to like stand out. I honestly have like- qualms with the VR thing because like you know like it's very confusing because you want people to be actively engaged with the show that you're putting on for them but you don't want people to just feel like they're sitting there watching a screen but that is exactly, exactly. what you want from them you know yeah. so it's like such a hard thing to to find the line in um, it's crazy I don't know exactly how I feel about it how are you feeling about these like drive-in concerts that are happening and like any of that stuff does that seem I think cool
1: that the drive-in concerts are cool I think it's dope. Like, we had to try it. Like, yeah, I, I think um, driving concerts started kind of early. I think uh, there was a few in LA. Have, we you, been actually, to one? have you been to one? I haven't. Me I have either. not been to one. Um, we were briefly thinking when we were ideating for like Welcome Back and just events this year for Concerts Committee, we briefly like thought about doing a driving concert. We just didn't think it would be best for like a college show just because not everyone has a car um, it's like well, are people gonna like drink alcohol it's liabilities um that kind of stuff so we kind of like thought about it briefly and're we like okay this probably isn't the best idea but um uh I think I think they've been relatively successful um not the drive like there's the driving concerts and then there's like the drive-through cons like you know the thing that uh, yes. bad bunny bad bunny did okay in, uh, I I only just saw a
0: second of that tell me what happened
1: I didn't I only saw like a I saw it on my like social media feed, but like that was stuff like that. Actually, that is also something we thought of briefly for a while. That's Welcome a drive Back.
0: by concert, it's a drive by
1: concert. That's different, yeah. That's like he was um, on a bus,
0: right? And he just drove yeah. to the city, and
1: yeah. and New York, I think, is, is like a perfect place for that. It's not going to work everywhere. I think yeah, LA true. would be a good city for that too, just because it's a big like driving and car culture. Um, that, that was dope. Uh, I think what Fortnite has been doing is really dope. The, the Travis Scott one, um, that was. That was fire. Like that was I think the Travis Scott show was probably I think one of the one of the best like it's virtual the most immersive
0: virtual event that's happened this year, I think.
1: Ever. Yeah, yeah I think ever, they took exactly. a, And then Dominic Fike did one recently and it was kind of different. It wasn't really it. it was it was it was in Fortnite, but he did he wasn't like a huge like figure in the it was basically you're just in Fortnite and you're watching like this big screen that's yeah, just rendered. Yeah, okay,
0: I saw the um the other one with um Shit, who's the drummer rapper? Anderson Park. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of his name, yeah. He did a one with Fortnite, too? Yeah, he did. And it, I think it was the first one they did with the screen on the screen, and I only heard about it because everybody was kind of pissed. They were kind of like, this yeah. is not cool, you
1: know? So, we also, that's like, at, with the concerts committee, we, we thought briefly of like doing something like that. Like a screen on a screen? Um, yeah, or like building out a virtual world yeah. and having p- like a Fortnite type thing. Um that's just got to be
0: expensive, Do you know. It's got to be that?
1: expensive. I don't think that's gonna happen. We were talking yeah. with with some people about trying to make something like that happen, but it, it's um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, the four nine one was dope, and then early on, too, uh, Omar Apollo threw a show out in the or he recorded a, a set out in the desert um, near L A. That was one of the first. That was was quick. That was like a week or two after lockdown, and they released this. Um, this thing it was out in the desert and they had like cool they, i think they had like those you know those like powder color balls that you throw and oh, it's yeah. like color so like that was dope Um uh, we were that's something we were trying to do also like can we go and drive out somewhere in the desert where we have a bunch of space and record something um but yeah i, I think the industry is definitely like rising to the occasion and making and making cool stuff and adapting but at the end of the day it's like it's still better to just go to a concert. Like, I agree. <laughs> you <understand>. know, <laughs> I, I like, them, let's just.
0: <laughs> I miss them desperately. I I could go on all day about yeah. how desperate it's, I want to um, get back to
1: shows and stuff. We're really, yeah, we're really having withdrawal.
0: But you spoke on uh, modernizing and changing and updating, and I couldn't think of a better transition. So this is a perfect one to get us back to you talking about how you think you used to be an introvert. Yeah, but now. You seem to be much more extroverted and willing to talk. Tell me, tell me why you? Because you even said at the time you said there was like a point in time where I just want to start talking more. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, and it's it was more. It was been gradual, but I'd say like over quarantine, I started. I started tweeting. Okay. And I never. I always had a Twitter, and I would like read tweets, and then I I never had anything to say, and I just I think my thoughts. I just have better thoughts now, and honestly, like for me, what it was like. It was drugs. It was drugs. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> it was dr- like you know, like yeah, like you know the vibes. That's so funny um, the way you just said psychedelic that. drugs. Yes. Uh, I, don't I
0: tell me about your experiences with those. Yeah. So, because uh, everybody hey, who's a listener to this podcast knows, I stand. So
1: yeah, yo, like literally, <laughs> it, it it's frustrating because like you're you're taught like drugs are bad or whatever, but literally like, and you probably will understand this, like literally. On a certain level drugs are the meaning of life or yeah. drugs help you find the meaning of life psychedelic drugs specifically yeah um, I started like taking mushrooms like a year and a half ago probably and it was just incredible what it does to your mind it's always say compared to other drugs like weed and alcohol uh, they weed and alcohol and other drugs like cocaine or whatever it's like your normal um, conscious uh, like mode of Of thought and consciousness with something imposed over it so it's like you're intoxicated you're or you're inebriated but psychedelics is like you're shifting over you're shifting over to a whole new um like reality and consciousness and i like i had a phase where i would just listen to all these ted talks about about psychedelics and and there's i don't know exactly who the dude was but there's this one ted talk who talks it, it goes into like detail what um, what specifically psilocybin does to your brain, and psilocybin is like the active ingredient in a lot of psychedelic mushrooms. And it it's there's something called a default default mode network, and it's like up uh, until you're like the age of five, your brain is still like figuring out how to what's the most efficient way to like communicate through neurons and like create thoughts and perceive oh, things. Yeah, yeah. And then around the time you're five, like your brain develops these, it kind of looks like a freeway. If you're looking at like a brain scan and it's like, it shows where the, where like the electrical the reactions happen. I yeah. Like what where, what's yeah. the path through your brain that the, your thoughts or whatever. I, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I, I don't know the say, technical thing. We sound like thing. idiots. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But, but like, yeah. if you, if Everybody you look at, you say look say at this brain scan, it's like, <laughs> it looks like highways. It looks like, Okay, there's like it goes from this part of the brain to this part of the brain and then it goes this way and this way. And that's like the general like mode of thinking and um, like operation that you're on. And if you scan someone's brain when they're on psych either some either like a child's brain, like a four year old, or like someone on psychedelics, it's like your neurons forget that default mode and they just are they it's like they're free and they can go anywhere they want they don't they can go off-road they can go off-road to get to other points in the brain where they need to be and that's what that's how i was able to make sense of my experience because i literally you know when you're on psychedelics like your thoughts are so different like you think about your thoughts and you it makes you deconstruct everything and realize the way things are and it's like you like it's like you 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 become really dumb like you become like a baby and you're like what the fuck like it's like it's honestly like I, I I think I realized this like the second time I did psychedelics. It's literally like being on a different planet. or yeah. Something that's one of the close one of the best ways I can describe it. Um, I just, liked
0: when you said the realm and the reality, like when you jump into yeah, a different realm. It's, con- you know? it's
1: altered states of consciousness. Yeah. That's It's an altered state of consciousness. Um, and so I can after seeing that TED Talk and seeing how those neurons work, like now I now after seeing that I'm like, oh, that's. I can feel that happening in my brain with my thoughts. I just the, my mind is different. Yeah. In the last year and a half, my mind has changed. It's like I'm still the same person, but it's like but you want to talk about like a spiritual awakening or whatever. Like that's that's what happened, and now I I have now my mind is is also just moving faster, and I'm realizing things, and I just. I, I realize that I have thoughts that I really want other people to know I just want to get my thoughts in your head and I want your thoughts in my head yeah like that's progress yeah. I like
0: the way you actually adjusted that because when you just say like you want to put your thoughts in other people's heads, that's like ego right yeah but when you talk about absorbing other people's things, that's like empathy and that's like human connection My yeah. main thing I, I love everything you just said about <laughs> the way the hallucinogens affect your brain because I completely agree and I, and the way you just phrased it is definitely going to stick with me because I I have never thought of it that way. I always think to myself like, damn, I literally can't even control my thoughts right now when I'm on hallucinogens, right? It's like you start to get a piece of anxiety and it starts itching at you and you're like, no, 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 I want to ignore it. And then it's like, nope, you're not going to ignore it. It's also very scary. Yes. But, and then on the plus side, you get that super heightened sense of empathy, right? When you're on Mm -hmm. hallucinogens where like Mm -hmm. you can actually feel everyone else's in the room's energy.
1: It's love, right? You can feel, it's, it's tele, I realized Tele- uh, telepathy is possible telepathy okay. is real we we like we are telepathic beings i i honest there's a there's this anthropology i got super into anthropology too there's this dude graham hancock who has a lot of theories and does a lot of work in like uncovering ancient civilizations he what? there's actually this theory. i don't know if he necessarily promotes this or believes in it but he's talked about it where humans have lost certain abilities we literally were telepathic and telekinetic bees are are telepathic like these are yeah there's research hive mind yeah i've heard of this yeah. there's research that will literally prove that bees are telepathic and they actually don't fly from flower to flower they use the earth's uh electromagnetic field to hover from flower to flower you know when you see bees they're kind of like hovering they're not like going in a straight line they're just like being moved that's interesting. That's kind of, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm, That's I'm, interesting. I'm really more interested in bees now too. I want to get into beekeeping because beekeepers have uh, longer life expectancies and it's supposed to be like inadvertently they're around this, the energy that bees have. Oh Anyways, my God. Are you dead ass? Bro, there's so much shit. There's so much crazy shit that no one is thinking about. We're we talking about this shit. We should yeah, yeah. be thinking about, um, what was I saying before the bees uh humans are telekinetic
0: or telepathic rather. yeah so Not theres there's, there's
1: <laughs> theories like a lot of these things um we've we've lost touch with psychedelics as as a culture and as a society obviously like the sweeping illegalization of all psychedelics in the 60s like obviously that was just totally backwards. It makes no sense. But like, obviously we understand why happens. It makes sense happens. if you care about business and politics. It makes sense if you want to control people, exactly. you know? Yep, yep. Um, so like, it, it it's it's frustrating, you know, having this, now having this perspective and it's like, you start to realize like all the ways that the world is like really fucked up and shit. Yeah, that's but, true. But, um, yeah, I, I think psychedelics are like a cheat code for life. I agree 100%. My friend, my friend Sam, who actually run Worldwide Waves with, I think he said that. He said that to me. And, and they're a cheat code for life because I also realize you don't need psychedelics to have those experiences. As opposed to like THC or weed or like alcohol, you need that substance in your brain to have those experiences. What psilocybin does is it just changes your brain and it allows it's your neurons doing that. Your perce- Everything you see when you're tripping on acid or or shrooms or whatever, it's like, that's actually there, that's what I didn't realize until like a couple times after I did shrooms, like, I'm not hallucinating, this is real, this is just an alternate, I can see into, I think it's an interdimensional drug, I think you're seeing different, you're seeing geometric patterns, you're seeing the veil between, (laughs) the veil between the third and fourth dimensions is like lifted slightly when you're on psychedelics, in my opinion, and this is why also I'm super into Buddhism because Buddhists don't need drugs to do that. They meditate and they have a psychedelic trip. They activate the DMT in their brain. They can fucking transcend. They can go weeks without eating or drinking. Do you
0: think it would be really that easy to achieve that level of mind control and meditation in today's world like with everybody so plugged into their computers I would and, say, and high energy and everything?
1: I would say it's not impossible, but there's, there's things... There's things that are actively preventing us from that. And That's what I'm saying. It's a deliberate, you know, campaign from what, whatever you want to say, the powers that be. The puppet masters, I call them. The puppet. Ma- we get into all the fucking Illuminati conspiracies. Mm. That's you know I'm super into that as well. Me too. Did you see uh, the
0: social dilemma? No documentary. I heard it. You should definitely. Oh, see
1: it. oh, is it on? Netflix? It's like a social media. It's like yeah. it talks about social media. But yeah, like like i don't want to i don't want to start sounding like a crazy person and all this shit but like no such thing it's yeah and honestly yeah there's no such thing Mm. you can't define crazy it's just crazy is something that you don't understand Mm. um so i don't care like i think i'm i i came to the realization i am what people consider crazy and like crazy is the best thing you could call me. you don't seem that crazy to me yeah, and I'm I not Because like, like we're on the same. We're the on the time. same, like, we're on the same fucking like wavelength and we know we know what's up. But yeah, it, it's possible to, but like it society is just society is not conducive to life. That's what it is. Of I'll course say it again. Not. Society yeah, is not conducive to life.
0: Preach that shit, bro. Yeah, it's so that's true. That's what it is. Um The society that is being created around us or has been created. You know, it's interesting because I like to think we're at a point in time where people are starting to awaken if you will and yeah. that's why I ask you about uh-huh. the social dilemmas uh-huh. because they actually touch on nothing about hallucinogens or anything like that but they touch on they expose if you will these major companies who actually are working together yeah. to keep us in line yeah, like a system it's a system right like and, and that's that's real life like that's happening every day mm-hmm. people are trying to control us and take our data yeah. and just like have us walk in a line um, so you don't sound crazy to me. And I actually find it really powerful that you're like referencing these TED talks and there's like this actual is what we information. Need to, dude, this
1: is real science. Like exactly. this is, we just have to use the science um uh, like against us. And like what also got I got into is like you know of like FOIA nerds? No. So FOIA is the Freedom of Information Act and so it was like passed. I don't know when it was passed, but like basically after a certain time, the government has to release certain documents of what they've been doing. So there's these group of people called FOIA nerds and they just, every day they go to the government websites coming from the government and they're seeing what did the government declassify today? And we found out things like Operation Paperclip, Operation Northwood, MK Ultra, which was like a mind control study. And it's like, once you start like actually doing the research, it's not, it's not crazy. Like there's proof of all of this. Exactly, right? Um, yeah like um operation paperclip you know what operation I don't know any of what you just said after World War two sixteen hundred Nazi scientists were recruited to come work for the u s government okay, I actually do know about this, yeah. yeah, so uh this dude like heinrich von something i don't know I don't know what his name is, but like the first ever director of NASA was literally an x s s member yeah yeah officer and it's like obviously it's it's obvious why we don't know this, and like I understand the political implications. Like after, like as the Cold War was starting, the Soviets and the Americans were all trying to get the Nazi scientists on their side because we didn't want, we obviously didn't want them going to Soviet Russia. So, like I kind of understand the geopolitical reasons behind it, but it's like very sinister when you when you realize how much our the U.S. intelligence community, like the CIA, has been influenced by Nazis.
0: Yes, it's also it's an ethical situation, right? Because it's like it's it's really complicated because these guys were very very smart these nazi men they were very very smart and they had like such little ethical boundaries yeah. so they were literally like crossing the line of what's okay but coming out with like this incredible information yeah. about the human mind and like mm-hmm. these crazy things and the way they got it is horrible like i can't express that enough it is but that information is so important but especially also, hold on, especially when you're a government and you're trying to yeah. brain control your people you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah so
1: like of course the u.s government was going to do that exactly. and i also think a lot of them probably weren't bad people they were if you're a scientist and you care about science and you're living in nazi germany the best thing for you to do is to become a Nazi and work for the Nazis, like or else you're gonna be like executed or whatever 100%. so a lot of these people i I want to think that most of the people were in it for the science and they just that's where they were living and that's the government that was there so they were doing all this sure. crazy fucked up shit benefit with, the doubt. with you know for the Nazis um but yeah the um it, it's it's crazy like all you can you can look at other things that have been released like um operation Northwood. It was a It was a plan by the CIA to um, arm Cuban friendlies, which is like Cuban people who are like American, or just like they hire Cuban people to and their plan was to um, carry out a bunch of terrorist attacks all over the us. So these are CIA sponsored terrorist attacks undercover They're pretending like they're Cubans. Wow. This is in during Cold War like in the 60s. Oh, I see. And that would give uh the military and the US an excuse to go to war with Russia. Yeah. And that's what they wanted to do. And they would have done it but JFK didn't sign off on it. JFK said no. And that's one of the theories that one of the theories is that CIA uh killed JFK because they didn't because he didn't go along with their thing. Mm. And and I think there's a it I think that's one of the theories that makes a lot of sense because Operation Northwood was real. We know it was real. We know JFK didn't sign off on it. We know the CIA has been doing fucked up shit in other countries, um, and that's that's when you get into like the deep state and all this other stuff. But basically, my point is that we're not paying attention to the things we should be paying attention about too. Like, there's there's two types of like new. There's two types of ways to. Uh, like taking information. Like you can watch the news and obviously the news is, is biased too. But let's just say you find like a good news source that's that's reporting on like that the aligns with between, your views. Yeah. 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 The, that's reporting important things and like you need to do you need to stay up with current events. But also is is, like anthropology, like it's studying the past. Like you don't every day you can't take in everything that happened that day. There's a few stories that you think are important, but there's so much that we forget, but that still affects how we are right now so it's important to like go back and read the history and like figure out why we are the way that we are today yeah Um, I
0: think retrospect is really important and I do think there is a lot to be said about the concept of history repeating itself and it's not to say like a whole timeline of something that happened five years ago is just gonna like utterly exactly repeat like reappear but what it's saying is just like humans are humans humans have always been humans and so like a lot of the errors we're making today are errors that other humans made back in the day let's try and learn from it I'm going to ask you a very broad question in regard to what we've been talking about. Who do you trust?
1: Um, I trust people. I trust um, people who don't try to like hide their biases. This is why I think podcasting is the future instead of cable news, because cable news at this point, it's deteriorated a lot. Like if you look at like a Fox News or MSNBC, even from like 10 years ago. It's like so much better. It's like so much more civil. Like, and it's just deteriorating and deteriorating. And now it's technically, according to the FCC, like, um, I think it's from like six to ten p.m. on like certain like channels. Like they they it technically like these shows like Rachel Maddow or Sean Hand, they're not news. They're not classified as news. They're not even claiming to be news. They're opinion pieces. But these are the people who we go to. Even Anderson Cooper. He he's viewed as one of like the greatest journalists, and but his technically under U.S. law, it's it's um, classified as under opinion pieces, which is technically entertainment. So they're not even required to tell the truth right. on these quote unquote news shows. Wow! And Anderson Cooper, for example, I don't want to get into Anderson Cooper. He's a cool dude, but like Anderson Cooper is part of the Vanderbilt family. He is the, a direct descendant of the Vanderbilts. So it's like. You you draw all these connections and there's certain families that like had power and you can you can literally make the you can deconstruct it all and understand why certain people are in power and and what what they're doing. Um I I got really interested in studying like all these secret societies like the skull and bones. Um that stuff again. used to really interest
0: me, but I never investigated it. It's something that it, has become less talked about.
1: You can't um you can't go too deep. You have to save your like sanity, but Ten U.S. presidents have been Skull and Bones members. Probably a dozen or so have been Freemasons. So you can study these organizations and see what they do. They've been in. They've been you know carrying out their their plans or their. I don't even want to say agenda because that sounds like bad. But like, it it is an agenda. Or even if it wasn't sinister, these are organizations that have you can trace back to like 15th century Europe. Yeah, and those were the people who were in power back then. Yeah, and those same societies are in power now so like none of this is conspiracy like this is the facts you can go and research this so going back to your question of like who do you trust the the i guess the real answer is no one don't trust anyone but yourself but i like um for example uh say like joe rogan joe rogan is someone who's like uh uh, he has a podcast he has the most like um, you know, the, it's the most influential podcast, the most popular podcast. He's I, I like Joe Rogan, but like he you know, his personality and people will criticize him for his personality and certain views he has. But I would rather go to Joe Rogan and hear him talk to a, a specific person who he wants to talk to and wants to know stuff from. And I know both I'm I'm aware of both of their biases and I take in that information and and I put it in my brain, and I take in all a bunch of other podcasts who have different different views than Joe Rogan, and I synthesize uh, uh, my own opinion in my brain, and that's that's better, I think, than cable news because cable news is they have biases too, but they're they're, they're not they're not open. They're, about they're them. saying they don't have biases. They're yeah, saying they yeah. they're saying they're reporting fair. It's like, yo, I don't need you to report fairly. I want to know the opinions of everyday humans. So I'm going to go listen to Joe Rogan. He has a bunch of like smart people on and I'm going to see what he what perspective he has on certain issues. I'm going to go listen to I'll listen to the mainstream news too just to see what they're saying and I'll listen to other podcasts and I'll synthesize my own opinion and I think the the real thing is like I also can't overstate this enough it's on us. We just have to be smarter. We're uh, you, dumb. You
0: just said we're dumb a people. A lot of information, especially
1: Americans. Yeah, I want like, to
0: unpack some of what you said though. So, it's on you. So, I think what you said about them being open about their biases is the most important part of what you said. So, like, yes, when you listen to the media on TV, it's like a bunch of people who act like they're having an open-minded conversation, but really they're being influenced by like money and power and they're yeah. having a one-sided conversation. Yeah. But with Joe, it's like Yes, Joe is a liberal conservative like he has he leans on both sides but he's open about it and he's like listen y'all like this is how i feel i'm not telling you to feel this way you yeah. know? he's like i'm like, going to so express how i feel in the hopes that my guest will give me their opposite opinion and you guys can hear both yeah. sides you know if he just had a bunch of people on who agreed with him it would be no fun yeah. and then another thing you said that i actually want to counter is you said we should really trust ourselves above all that is true and i do hold myself like the most accountable for my thoughts and everything, but we have to be aware of the things that are influencing us. And unfortunately, as you have we have talked about society, we've talked about puppet masters, we've talked about misinformation. <laughs> that's all being fed into us, you know. And so, like, yeah, at what point can we not even trust our own thoughts because it's being misled, you know?
1: Yeah, it's it's the objectivity and it's the awareness, like. Yeah. You that was the first thing of what I was saying. Just listen to everyone. Like yeah, take yeah. it yes, take exactly. in everything.
0: Yes. You did say that. And
1: yeah. so you are being influenced by it, but it goes back to what I was saying. We just need to be smarter. Like we need to raise the bar for human. Like we we need to like we have this we we need like instant gratification. We have Google. We want to like learn everything at our fingertips. We want Amazon to deliver a package in like two hours. And I realized, I realized how problematic that is. Like, where does it stop? Like I don't want my fu- I I try to I try to like, if I don't, if I can't, if I don't need to buy something on Amazon, I try not to buy something on Amazon because like, this is one of those things, these, it's convenient, but it's like, it's making you less self-reliant and more reliant on, on systems that are outside of yourself. Um, but I think, that's why I think um, we we just need to be smarter. And that's why I think, I think podcasts are the future. Yeah. Um, I think Joe Rogan signing that hundred million dollar deal with Spotify is huge. The only thing I'm worried about there. Is that Spotify is uh is is mainstream media? So there there was a story like certain Spotify employees actually want to proofread Joe Rogan's podcast now before they release. And if they do that, it's like it's fucked. Like no that, shot, they won't. That, I mean, that, that, that ruins the whole point. Yeah. He won't allow it, yeah, and yeah. I'm sure he knew going into it. He's like respects his his what he does and the art he makes and all that. So I, I trust Joe Rogan and to not like compromise any of that. Um, Only- the other thing about Joe Rogan, he'll have he'll have people de- he'll have people debate on his show yeah of who have different um have different views so like he's like once again he's just putting everything out there and i do think we need to trust ourselves because i do think intuition is something real and i i don't really know like what i'm talking about specifically here but i i truly feel we're all and you might understand this cuz you have experience with psychedelics i truly think we're all have a potential in us and I think we are all tapped into the universal consciousness and the universal truth, and at this point, I'm kind of speculating this isn't like science really I'm sure it is somewhere, but like you you have experiences of like reaching nirvana or like um uh you 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 you've had experiences or I've had experience at least where I feel like I'm receiving information from somewhere receiving thoughts or something, and I think you. We really need to trust ourselves more because we are smart and our brains, our brains do still work, yeah. you know, and we can like, you don't need anything outside of your head to, to, to learn.
0: Yeah. I, I do agree with what you said. I, I will adjust, if anything, uh, a, a way you phrased it, because I think we live now in this world of like uh fear of the mainframe. Especially with Elon Musk coming out with the matrix. Yeah. Neuralink. uh, Neuralink. That scares me. Exactly, right? And so like I don't I don't like the idea of of pitching something as like we are all connected. Well, no, I do. You know, it's complicated because I just don't Every time I talk about Neuralink, everybody's always like, I don't want to plug in and become part of the internet, and then we're all connected and we're all the same. There's already an internet. And so I do agree with your point. There's already an internet. I just call it like an energy, right? It's like we're all plugged into an energy. It sounds less evil, right? (laughs) But it's the same We
1: don't need neuralink. (laughs) We just need to get back in touch with our psychic abilities (laughs) as a human race. Like Neuralink is already built in. Like bees are using it already. Yes. We're humans. We can use it too if we really. Fuck, if we take the fucking fluoride out of our water and we fucking stop <laughs> yeah. with all this bullshit and all this processed oh, food. And like, you know, like it's so easy. Like yeah. we're just making it so hard on ourselves to like live a good loving life. And it's like, not that we're making it too hard on ourselves. There's just a few people who are making it hard on the rest of us. Yeah. Well, and that's capitalism. Yeah. That's capitalism. That's, I think just any system yeah. is going to, is going to use is going to take advantage of people who are most easily taken advantage of. Yeah, I agree. Um,
0: well, before we wrap up, I want to actually give you even more opportunity to promote. Is this kind of like the stuff you talk about on your radio show uh, at all? A
1: little bit, a what little bit. I've, I've been show? getting into it. Um, so yeah, the, my radio show, um, it's on KXSE, um, which is the like the student radio station. We're doing remote programming now. So it's it's actually on mixedcloud.com slash KXSE radio. Um, I have a show that goes up uh, every week on Tuesdays. Um, yeah, but it started off. This is like my second semester doing being a DJ there. Um, it started off with just like music and me playing the artists I like, and still a lot of that. But I this is another thing that goes back to like just me being more talkative. I was never someone who thought would have their own radio show. Sure. And I I wanted to do it just because like oh I'm trying to you know be in the music industry. Like this will be a great way for me to learn and connect with with other you know people and and you know connect with artists and whatnot and now there's like like i said i have things i want to i want you to know like i talked about i'll have a, i'll try to have a little segment on each show where i just talk about anthropology and i just choose one thing from the past that people don't know about but is very important so a couple weeks ago i talked about Go, Gobleki tepe which is a 10,000-year-old archaeological site that was found in turkey in 1994 and this changed everything we knew about like anthropology and human existence like this the first ever like um instance of like mass agriculture was found here, and it's like before that it was like it was like three thousand b c and it's like so many like this was such a paradigm shifting um discovery, but but the everyday person does not know about it at all. only people who are who are studying anthropology know about it, but I think that's we,
0: actually really crazy, yeah, yeah. right it's yeah, like it is really crazy,
1: and there's a lot of really crazy things that you can read about go gobleki tepe it's like um it, it was there's evidence that this was like a, a kind of like a meeting place and a transferring of knowledge and where like one civilization taught uh, another civilization like things like agriculture and all these all these other things but it's just like in the world of anthropology there's a theme everything keeps getting older and older like we thought that like ten thousand years was the first time something happened then we find evidence oh it, actually it happened fifty thousand years ago and it's like we need to like understand this is my main but we need to understand time isn't linear and we are not by any means in the most advanced like era of humanity
0: right that's interesting in
1: one sense we are maybe because we have iphones and iphones have never existed but like what would you rather have like be able to talk to someone on an iphone or be able to just like transcend and like (laughs) you know use telepathy and, and shit like that so it's it's different, um, and it's a, kind of yes. a different kind of advancement. It's a different kind of advancement, and that's what I think we need to realize. And we need to look to the past. We can learn so much uh, from the past. So I, I do. I am trying to talk about more of just these conscious things on, on my platform. Um, talk more about anthropology. Talk more about consciousness and reality, and um, just you know planting thoughts in people's heads that will make them question more things and, and research things on their own. As
0: you should. Whatnot. We should all be questioning the world we live in. You know, we shouldn't yeah. just be accepting of anything. You know, you should always question Mm-mm, everything. Mm-hmm. I, I also live yeah, that. Yeah, don't trust anyone. Um, all right, well, we'll start wrapping up right now. Um, you a drummer, we talked about it for so long, yes, so we're going to slide yes, in a drum solo from you right here. Yeah. Is it going to be jazzy or is it going to be rocky? Um, or something in between?
1: I think it's going to be a little bit jazzier. Fuck yeah, I would love but that. But it'll be in between for I sure. I would love that. Yeah.
0: Definitely something original. Um, excellent, excellent. So that's going to get cut in right here. Everybody enjoy that right now. thank
1: you for coming on thank you so much Zage. this was like so much greater than I could ever have imagined it being. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for saying that um, I that literally a... like I t- we, t- I, we talked about all the things that I love talking about the most that's all I ever want to do um, and yeah I'm, I'm glad that we got it. I'm glad <laughs> that we got into this I really hope everyone listens to this and I hope that honestly I hope that this changes you forever um, I know that's pretty bold but, um, <laughs> that's a
0: lot to ask but that's how yeah, I feel yeah I, yeah, I feel man. the same way too um,
1: thanks so much for, for this and um, yeah I guess I guess what
0: yo bro it's been my pleasure here I just want to say is there anything that we didn't say that you want to shout out or mention or anything um, like any last shoot. words for the people any yeah, advice um, send them I off. would just
1: say check out our blog worldwidewaves.co there's a new we have a new blog every day you spotlight quality and conscious music and art from all over the world. Um, we got some. We got some content coming out soon. Um, check out Brandon Masenko's new tape coming out on October sixteenth. Um, go check out uh, the Dirty Water video by him. Um, where are some other artists I want to shout out? Uh, Frank the Fourth. Go listen to him um go check out go check out sally boy for sure go check out oros all the oros artists are killing it um go check out roberto roberto is a dope new indie pop act go check out um go check out ashes to amber they're a dope band go check out Gusby. he's a dope band. he's gonna release some music um in a little bit as well i'm trying
0: to get him on as well
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely do that um, there's definitely like other things, but I, I, I'm just I could go on and on. So I'll just like, I'll just cap it at that. I'll just say, um, think more, be smarter. You're probably, you're no, we're never as smart as we should be. So, um, just just read, just read history. So always be open to growth. Yeah. Yep. Um, get into some of these FOIA documents. Dead has. Uh, there's some crazy shit that is like crazier than any news story. And it's even crazier because it happened years ago and no one ever talked about it. So that's the real news. The, the daily declassified, um, documents that they, that they release. I don't know. I forgot what, like, it's like the national archives or like something, go check out, become a FOIA nerd. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it for me.
0: Fuck yeah. Watch, Watch the world, watch the world, pay attention. Yeah. Anyway, guys, if you made it this far, I appreciate you, and I thank love you so you. much. Yeah. I
1: love every single person Seriously. in the world.
0: I, I also, uh, nah, some people fuck you, but other people, I love you very much. It's like you know I what, love you. I, you know what, I'll adjust. Not fuck you, but hey, maybe you should take an opportunity to learn. This, this is what
1: this is what actually. I'll end off this. Yeah, please. this is what I realized uh, earlier about about just loving people and um, humanity. Just uh, reserve reserve love for every human. Uh, every human being in the world, even if you've never met them, um, even if it's some random person in like Vietnam, just if they exist, reserve some love for them if they do something to fuck that up, then stop loving them yeah. but your default should be to love everyone because they're your fellow human and we're, like we're all so like we're so close together in our experiences c- compared to the to the vast like scale of the universe. So just reserve love, reserve love for everyone.
0: Yes, I I do feel the same way. I didn't mean to spew fake hate. I
1: I just just meant. (laughs) No, I
0: I know what you mean. No, because I I actually was thinking about this a lot yesterday. Uh, One of my managers at work, like, I was having a conversation with someone else, and he just like popped in and exploded. It was very weird, and I fought his hate with love. I was just Mm -hmm. like, "Oh man, don't worry, I got you, bro." You know, like I'm always very like that. But your point about if someone like. You know, proves themselves not worthy of yeah. love. That is, then stop. Yeah, then it's fair to know. I also but, don't like people who refuse to be educated. Like that's like my mm-hmm. least favorite thing. Ignorance is, yeah. is the greatest enemy. Yeah, just be open to learning. I agree. Well, anyway, again, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll probably play one of those songs. If you don't have a song you want to throw at the end, I'll, probably I'll play. I'll,
1: I'll throw you a couple of songs. Yeah, please. I I'll was going to say you I could songs. throw
0: that uh, Dirty Water song at the end if you would like. Yeah, yeah. Let's play. That.
1: Let's spin Dirty Water. Right yeah, now. fuck
0: yeah. So Dirty Water is going to play right now. Everybody, talk to you next week. Bye. Peace.
2: I'm just painting pictures, living by the script. Died and came back, tales from the crypt. I went to the Grammys, I just lost clothing. I just found my lily, my garden's still growing. Hoes hobnobbing, they can see the fight. I seldom play possum, I was born to fight. Reaching for a Buddha. Running from the spite, shoes untied, but it's cool I just glide, Angels in the outfield Striking out made me to a home runner But now I grand slam, I'm bringing home dinner Had to do it, I was starving in that cold summer Had to bring the noise whole, I rolled thunder I've been sinning like a hoe and I don't know better But I'm a go getter, so I'm gon' tell you Dirty water ain't see loose if I'm I just wanna scatter. I just wanna scatter. I just got a lot of rage powder. Use it for my battle. I've been running through the field. I just got a lot of rage powder. I just wanna scatter. I just wanna scatter. I just got a lot of rage powder. Use it for my battle. I've been running through.